Shavua Tov Umvarach. We are on page 35. Loshim Meramim. Loshim Meramim. You see that? The second paragraph. Quick, quick recap of the last share that we had, which was a very big uh, jump that we had describing how a person can experience going through the test of Mysterious Nefesh through visualization during, during Kriyat Shema. You remember that when we did last time? Which seemed like a very, very difficult thing to, uh, to feel like a person can reach. But he said that when you really come to Kriyat man, like the top of the page, and you visualize, when you realize that you really would give your life if need be. What does that do to you when you're caught in that moment of realization? If you said a word here, like your body would start to tremble. Because you realize, oh my God, I'm, I'm made of that. So therefore we say every single morning, don't make me come to the actual test of saying, checking to see would I be willing to be Moser my nefesh or not. But rather, I go through that <coughs> willingness to be Moser my nefesh just through Kriyat Shema alone, when I go to that place. Okay, so now, so that's a pretty exalted level. I mean, Bichlal, like, what's the kavana we have during Kriyat Shema? It seems to be like a, a nekudah that we should spend a lot of time on. Because, I mean, I, I sat with a certain chaver this year and I asked them, tell me, what do you guys think about when you say the words, Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Lakein, Hashem, Achad? What are you supposed to think about even? So, uh, here he's telling us what you're supposed to be thinking about. You're supposed to be willing to be mostly your nefesh over the concept of Hashem Achad in the world, over this Indian that God is one. What do we usually think about during Shema? Does anyone want to share? Unity what does that mean? It's a beautiful... That means, I mean, for me when I'm covering my eyes and it's like a physical reminder that the illusion of multiplicity in the world is exactly that. It's an illusion. And like okay, beautiful. It's a high moment for you? Would at that moment you... Would you be willing to say your nefesh through that, through that moment? I'd be willing to muster my nefesh not because of that moment, per se, that I'm conscious of. <laughs> but it could be. I don't feel that. Right. It's more no. a uh, cerebral, spiritual moment for me than like a mysterious no. I feel it. So what, who, who else experiences a, more of a mysterious nefesh feeling during Shema, if at all? Or does anyone else want to share what they feel during Shema, what their kavana is during Shema? My kavana is very Hashem loves for you. Hashem's love for you. Because then it, it makes it. My, my, my reaction to that thought is then how much I, I love Hashem. And that, but I see it first coming down. That's beautiful. That could lead to Messias Nefesh quite easily, actually. Well, I think we talk, I talked to you about this after the last year. I think that when you have a relationship that's based on love, what are you not willing to do for the people right. who you love? You're not willing to do anything. There's almost this, this unexpected, uh, there's like this expectation that, um, you know, you're supposed to be mostly your nefesh for Hashem over three, over, you know, certain three averas. And if you're not willing to, it means that like you're really a low, very low, low Jew. But you're totally right. Is that if the love isn't aroused between what, you know, me and Hashem and what Hashem feels for me, what I feel for Hashem, how, can, how much am I really going to be willing to be mostly my nefesh for, for real? When, if push came to shove, how much would I, would I do it? 
in any area of my life, how much can I have Mesirut Nefesh if I don't have love? I have Mesirut Nefesh for my children and my family without thinking because the underlying thing there is absolute love. I have that. Would I be most Nefesh for Am Yisrael? The question is, are you connected to the concept of real Ahavat Yisrael? Really loving Am Yisrael. How many things do we do for Am Yisrael based on this, this real concept of Mesirut Nefesh for Am Yisrael? It used to be the making Aliyah with Mesirut Nefesh. Uh, it's less, it, it's, it is to a certain extent, but not like what it used to be. Right? Not to Khalila, like downplaying what we all did. That's a, you know, what we all did was very, very holy. But the concept of Mesir Snefesh, the pioneer making Aliyah in the 60s and 70s, right? or even, even settling in Efrat used to be a Mesir Snefesh. Now it's like a luxury. Now you gotta, you know? So there's always places where you have to kind of like extend that concept of Mesir Snefesh. And continue to expand it and expand it and expand it in your life. And it's something that needs to constantly grow, the concept of Mesir's Nefesh. And it's a very, very high level to say that the, I'm willing to really, really mosa my Nefesh. Who could say such a thing? So this is where he picks up on today. And he picks on the one character that we know probably resembles Mesir's Nefesh more than anybody else. And who is that? It's Rabbi Akiva. Lo lomar Remember, Rabbi Akiva said, My whole life I was waiting for the moment where I could actually be Yotze, the words, which means that I can actually give my soul. Now, what is, what is this referencing to? Well, what part of Rabbi Akiva's life is this reference to? This is the end. This is when he's at the end. And the Talmudim are saying, Rabbi, Rabbi, he's like, what are you guys talking about? This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. Right? So the PSS is saying, okay, listen, don't, don't. I'm not expecting anyone to now walk out of learning for a few minutes and saying, I am going to look for the opportunity like Rabbi Akiva felt that he was so zolche to be Moser as Nefesh by saying, while he was saying the word, Echad. Same. Is it looking for it, or is it when it, when it finally arrives, you just accept that this is it? Very good. Very good. You don't look for the opportunity. It's a matter of being aware of when it comes to you. Yidin don't look for opportunities to, be, to, to give their life uh, you know, on the level of ending of life. It's not a Jewish concept. That's, a, that's another concept we just spoke about last week. You can, you can go through life and prepare yourself for when that moment comes. That I think that's what, what he's trying to say. You have to meditate over this very short. That's exactly, what you just said right now is exactly the point of today's share. We don't go around looking for opportunities to say, I'd be willing to die here. Um, I'd be willing to die for that. I'd be willing. That's not what it is. But the total refinement of character that the Bnei Machshavatova is trying to push us to the level of senses will be this refinement so that when that time does come I don't have to become someone else in order to be most of my nefesh but that what that the natural me would be so in tune and aligned with this higher concept of mysterious nefesh do you guys hear that? it's not this the Bnei Machshavatova is saying don't expect that when you have a moment that you could have been Mesir's Nefesh, you're going to have the ability now to transform yourself into Rabbi Akiva. But rather, all the work that we've been doing in this Sefer, all the work on ourselves we're doing in this Sefer, creates 
the Yid that lives in that headspace. Not consciously, subconsciously. So that when a, a concept of like Mesir's Nefesh comes up, he doesn't have to start playing around with those like, is this really me? Is this, am I ready for it? Am I not ready for it? What do you mean? This is, this is me. This is, this is who I am. It's like a guy in a marriage that says, you know, I, I don't know if I'm really, really going to want to be nice to my wife all the time. I'll try sometimes, right? But what are we trying to do in marriage? It's true, you don't always want to be nice in your nature. It's just because you just want to be selfish sometimes too. It's just what it is. But when we work on ourselves through that relationship as well, we're trying to create the human being in us, the, the, the possibility of a person who's always willing to have a heart that's open to our spouses or to our children. Even though by nature that might not always be the, that might not always be the situation. Kal Vachomer, a million times over, when it comes to a Yid's willingness, be most of his nefesh for Am Yisrael for Hashem's name. Like this is what he's trying to produce, the kind of, when he writes, what's, what's this called in English, this book, what did we, what did we, what did we say? That? He wants to create a conscious community, meaning that it's a bunch of people that are living in a state of awareness that they don't have to suddenly become someone else when times get really intense, but that something about them inside is built, built up, and they know how to adapt to those moments in a very natural, flowing way, when they, but very good, when they come to him. You don't go looking right now, you don't go looking around for like mysterious nefesh opportunities. The last, we, we haven't learned since, the, since David was killed. The, this, this right and I thought right, a lot about right. this at Levaya Esti who clearly learns a lot with us and she has she's a holy lady the mother of the soldier that was killed she stood Esther. up and talked all of, it wasn't she wasn't faking it what she said she wasn't faking it and she stood up and talked about how when you understand that there's an Ashama she quoted Rav Kuk you're not you're more at peace with it what did she say yeah. she wasn't faking no, no, she, he, he, Toby's saying, she, you can't fake, you can't get up at a Levaya, at your son's Levaya, Shalom Eidah. She never know these things. And fake deep sentences. And she got up and she was, she was talking about Emuna the whole time. She was talking about being a mother, having, being in awe of being privileged to be this kid's mother for 22 years. So you can't, you, so exactly, so meaning, how was she able to, how could anyone say something like that? If you don't, if you haven't come to terms with the idea of an neshama, and haven't come to terms with being Moser Nefesh, you can't even stand up and say anything, Nothing. let alone what she said. Nachon. Nachon. Did you tell us what Stephen Essis said at his Levi? Insane. Naomi Essis gets up, the first line she says at her, at her husband's funeral, Hodul Hashem Kitov Kilon Chastov. Now, exactly, like what kind of a yid says this? A yid that is in the program of the Pnimius. We were talking yesterday in, in the Shabbos afternoon, she Ish Pnimi. It's, it's a Jew that understands it's so much more than what we see. So, therefore, you don't go up and say, Hodul Hashem Kitov Kilon Chazdo, because that's going to be an, a thing people remember. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to sound very deep. That's because that's what you're not, that's what you're just simply feeling at that moment. And you're in Olam HaNeshamot. We it's a real thing. In this week's parsha, with Bahar, he starts whacking on his donkey instead of seeing it as bigger picture. <laughs> but he says over here, don't, don't, don't think that okay, now you're going to look for these opportunities to become a Rebbe Akiva. 
third line. This is hard for us to understand. He desired, he passioned to become tortured with afflictions. He actually felt bad that he never had the opportunity to, to give of himself to Hashem to the extent of what they ended up doing to him, which was, I don't even know how to say it in English, but Sarkinita Basar, meaning they were rakes, right. So that's meaning the Bnei Achshavatov is saying, I don't want you guys to get confused now. Okay? If that's not what you're feeling this morning, there's nothing wrong with you, okay? <laughs> so I'm like, wow, I didn't wake up this morning with this dire need to have my skin be peeled off me. He's saying, don't get confused. We didn't, we didn't get to these kind of places. But nonetheless, we long for Hashem. Whatever that means, we do. We long for more. We want more. We want much more than what we have now. And by now, Bezrat Hashem will repulsed by the fact that we're aware that we're stuck in such convincing illusions, but we've defined them as illusions. Yet we haven't been able to separate ourselves from being attached and attracted to them. And it makes us sick, like we're stuck now. On the one hand, we should be happy. Why? We've, we've sensed what illusions are in our lives. We see sheker. But what's the other part that's still very difficult? is that we don't know yet how to detach ourselves from that which we know to be true. We're kind of stuck over there, right? Happens, I, I, I very much identify with this very much. I mean, there can be moments of realizations of what's Sheker, right, and what's Emes. But that's just one level. The second <laughs> level is, God bless you, the second level is, 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 is knowing how to detach yourself from that which you know is wrong, and you know is Sheker, and yet still you... You just don't know how to do it. You just don't know how to do it. Does that sound confusing to you, David? Saying we don't know how, or you're he's suggesting that we just won't. Saying un- unwilling. 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 That's that's even well, worse. That, well, that's that's why that's why are we unwilling, or we simply we want to, but we don't know. How. Well, that's things. much worse what you described. Meaning, if, uh, yeah, because it's if worse, I then you're, much worse, you have sechol, like you know, much worse. Right. But so what is? He, okay, let's read it again and let's decide. I don't know, but what you described seems to me even darker, which which could be that's what he's saying. Um, well, we're in some dark stuff here. If we're talking about <laughs> <our stage laid laughs> well, not according to the Akiva. <laughs> according to the Akiva, that's like you're, no, you're, in, the, like you're in the highest it, of the high. <laughs> He's saying our dwelling in this world of imagination in a very low way, in a way that makes us feel very far. Nimas in Hebrew means I'm sick of it. So I don't know the I don't know, he doesn't really say for our question. I don't know, I don't know what he says here. Because 
So every single yid is, has this obligation to elevate in his mind that he's a yid, like 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 every single person in Am Yisrael. And if he didn't come to this Nisayan, he would be willing to give his nefesh tashem, even if he even if it didn't happen right now. And therefore, a Jew like that, who through imagery goes through this Nisayan, but not before Mamish, like the Rabbi Elimelech has a beautiful, it's a beautiful, I have, it's a little safer I have actually, I bought it in Uman a few years ago. It's beautiful, safer Rabbi Elimelech explains the meditation a Jew has to go through, that he has to go through this, when, he, when he's willing to go through a meditation of imagining himself going into a furnace of fire for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Deep stuff. As chukato mimele ba, like when you go through that meditation and that visualization that I'm willing to go into a furnace for God, he's saying mimele, when you go through that, your chuka. Your levels of passion for dveikus go up. Lemor saying, "Atahayanochli." Now, what I just went through, this was the most amazing thing. I could have come to my point of being in this world. Matov umanaim, ketov haamiti uchenoam haelion. That when a person is willing to go through this process. What, what, what the Piyasetzner is saying, and based on what his great-great-grandfather, remember he was, in, he was an anical of the Anoam Elimelech, I think, I'm not sure if his mother or his father said, I forget right now. But what they're saying over here is that you, how many times in life have you been able to say, I really feel that I've tasted the highest level of sweetness and closeness to Hashem? I think you can apply this in a small, relative way to... Go back to the beginning earlier in the Sefer where, and he kind of touches on this. We can identify, now Cliff, Cliff it also. Yeah. We can identify the Mitzrayims that we might be stuck in. And we might not, we might initially have an unwillingness to even leave them because of all types of reasons. But then when it comes time where we actually acknowledge that we have an unwillingness, first of all, that's kind of being most nefesh, your consciousness, once Definitely. you get to that point. And then get to a point where you actually take the step to, in your eyes, to be most nefesh in order to overcome them. I think you can get to a point where you say this. Where you say, where you say these words, yeah. yeah. He's saying over here, meaning like, I'm justifying my existence in this world. It was worth going through everything to experience what I just experienced right now. Now he's saying that you could say that without even going through it. Literally. You're going through it in your mind. You can, you can come to such, such high states of consciousness. When was the last time we were able to say about something in our life this whole thing was worth coming to this world to taste this goodness? Truth is, I, I felt a little bit Friday night with the harmonies <laughs> in Shul. It was something, like, we didn't get a chance to really harp on it, but it was otherworldly. Um, so like, what, what did we go through? Let's just take that as an example. What did we actually go through? Did we do anything in that moment? What are you tasting at those moments? 
what's the imagery in moments of you know highs like davening? Not necessarily mysterious nefesh. You're tasting some kind of sweetness. Here he's speaking about the other side, where you also taste a certain sweetness of realizing how much you're willing to give to be close to Hashem. It's not necessarily coming through songs and harmony, but it's coming from the other place of saying, I'm mamish I'm willing to be most of my nefesh. Why are we so scared to do this, by the way, as an exercise of meditation, of imagining ourselves going into a furnace for God? Like, what's the voice inside of us that's saying to us, guys, stop, don't do this not stuff? Jewish. Or, or, right, or it's not, it's not or, Jewish. Or it's a fear that once you go in, you're not going to really Want to come out? No, that, that happy about going in there. In other words, like, maybe you're going to find out. Maybe I'm not willing to go into a furnace for yeah. God. Right. Or maybe, like, or maybe some of us saying, oh, it's okay, I'm okay with not doing this. I just would rather just, like, let me just be a simple Jew, Torah, and mitzvahs. Don't, come on, P.S. Stop pushing me to such a, like, come on. Sometimes I, do you feel that? A little bit? Yeah, there's so much ISIS baggage with this. That's the truth I can't It's about. hard. No, 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 you're right. You're right. It's because it's so mushpa from the distortion of, of what we've seen from the other side, the sitra achra of the But it's a sitra achra of Kedusha. It's the other side of Kedusha. You know, the first thing that we know about Avram Avinu through Midrashim is the second thing we know about him from Midrashim is this concept. The first thing is with the idols this father's store. And the second thing is the furnace of, of Nimrod. Like this is something so Jewish. It's such a Jewish concept, but because we've seen how it's been abused and perverted, it's hard for us to even touch this right now. I'm not really understanding the ISIS thing you said there, because ISIS is pushing what I've been wanting to push in a bunch of people. No, you're blowing yourself up. Yeah. You're a suicide bomber for Allah. You're giving yourself up for the highest matara. Uh-huh. No, yeah, I, I do hear that. I hear that. Except they're blowing themselves up to blow up other people because they think that's how they're going to get... It's not... Right, well, if you blew yourself up to save the other people, that's maybe exactly what, what we're talking about. It's exactly the opposite of the ISIS right. concept. I, yeah, I mean, of course... No, no, but you're right. It's very... It's very... Yeah, well, no, or emotionally, or the baggage here is... is look, how many of us have, have, have suffered directly or indirectly from the concept of people walking into a certain furnace that is, is Satan's furnace, not God's furnace, but we can't, it's, you know, it's hard for us to really relate to this. Suicide bombers, it's not, you know, it's Satan's I furnace. Wonder, maybe he was doing some sort of hachana for the people that were actually going to be You know what? We spoke about this last time and I didn't check what year this book was, the Sefer was written. I'm going to get back to it. I don't think it matters. Because you think for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Toby sent out a piece Probably. Uh, last week and then another one this week. Uh, and he was talking all about going to a place of, of anger and how that, that that's like uh, learning hell, living behind him. So we can maybe think about it. Maybe we're, it's easier at this stage to think about going to the furnace as, as when you're faced with a confrontation or the chance to get angry and you don't, that, that isn't going to be a serious method. Well, what's the furnace? Anger? The furnace is the anger and, and the fire that you, you're, that's going to burn inside mm. you while you're having this battle with, with somebody on a this world level. And just on a I'm saying for a first stage, uh-huh. because the furnace concept... Right. But imagine the Hasidim that are actually following the, the Adracha of the Rebbe, and they're actually meditating on the idea that right. one day I'm ready to give my soul and step into the furnace, I'm going to step into the furnace, and they're actually positioned where they're now walking into the furnace. And if they've done that enough, 
And that's nothing for them. Or a foreign experience. It's not right. Like the ultimate chizuk for such a dark time. Like so that, and that's why sometimes we wonder how could they have just what so how how could they have done gone through certain things? Well, based on what we're saying is like, and it really connects to the beginning of the shir. If this is something that you've been working on for so long, then when those moments do come, for you, like Rabbi Levitzel Berdichev says, death is like walking from one room into the next. The illusion of that this body is is eternal fades away not at the moment that you die. You, it's faded away from you much beforehand. It's like Hashem Be'imunim Kal Bakrav, right? Explain that. Like, you know, in the army, they say Hashem Be'imunim Kal Bakrav. So many years you've exerted so much emotional, spiritual energy in preparing for it that when the moment happens, it's, not it's a, almost like a natural... You hear these stories right. about people right. who, are, who are dying, and they know they're dying, and they're totally showing with it at the end. Because of this, how do you get there unless you've done this meditation? So he, but, but he, again, what he's pushing us though is not to prepare ourselves for death. It's actually to prepare <clears throat> ourselves to truly be alive while we're alive. That's also what he's doing. Practically speaking. Yeah. All right. We have our, our day, and we've got our kids and everything. Right. What point of the day is it the best time to go through the furnace? <laughs> <laughs> Kriyashma. Kriyashma. That's what he's saying. Can we give a little bit more time, I'm sure. Kriyachma. Extra, like, four or five minutes. How about another extra hour? Yeah. <laughs> about showing up at seven. <laughs> yes, that's exactly why did, did. That's what they did, what they did. That's why they did show up so early, because to just come... <laughs> you know, now it's funny, when you learn pieces like this, and then you see in shul, not someone else dominating, then you realize you just said shma. It's, it's it's very hard to, to, to swallow it, you know. I keep saying Shema, I'm like, I forgot the I forgot the it. furnace thing, right. It's like, the furnace thing. Well, what I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd be willing to, you know, to walk I forgot the furnace thing. I got through, oh, most of your nefesh, right? Right. V'zos hii mesirat nefesh b'kriyat Shema. Lo machshava reikanit levada. This is not an empty idea on its own. Which doesn't saturate the soul. Just like, He's saying something very deep. If you know Hebrew, you already saw what he said here. This is really interesting. He's saying, when the body is hungry, so just the thought that I say to myself, ah, I'm going to eat something really good now, that doesn't saturate the body. You still have to eat. So, when the neshama itself as well, saying, wow, what I really need is to feel like I have a noise in my nefesh. Right? That's not enough. Just like the body needs to eat, so too the soul needs to receive the nourishment of, of the mind saying, I'm willing to go there to that place of mysterious nefesh. That is what feeds the soul. It's, like, it's, like, it's not enough to just say, wow, I'm starving. Oh my God, I, I'm going to... This, this is... I can imagine this amazing bagel that is waiting exactly the way I like it. Wow. Thank you, Hashem. That's not enough. At a certain point, you're going to get frustrated, which happens to all of us spiritually, because we have a lot of thoughts, and wow, this is really beautiful. This is really great. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this on. I'm going to connect over here. But that doesn't... You're not, you didn't eat yet. 
So the soul has to eat. How does the soul eat and feel satisfied momentarily in this world? Through the visualization of mysterious nefesh during Kriyashma. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, I would think it's mysterious nefesh. Every time you choose your soul over your body, you're feeding your soul. Every time. This is, like, like this is the makor of it. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. This is, this is the source of it. You're doing, uh, you exercise and you get a good workout. You really... Uh, heart rate, your heart rate. You're, you're building up your muscle, your heart muscles, basically. Like your strength, you're strengthening that. And this is the same type of, this is exercise for the... For the neshama, absolutely. He's already now chucking his nefesh. To what? That, that his passion is completely filled his, his soul. Like usually for us, passion, our passions don't fill our souls. Our passion, until we implement that which we're passionate about, we won't be satisfied. Here he's saying you can go through this, through the visualization and kriyachma of the oneness of willing to give your life for the oneness of Hashem, your, your, your soul is actually satisfied. It's filled with the passion that, 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 that it aroused. Kol gufo mitpael, your body is in awe. It's mitpael means you can't, you can't believe. Mikoach ha'ashlacha ve'etanefesh ima gufa metaheret. Your body is like numb, it's stunned by what your mind over matter has been able to accomplish. Your body's in a state of shock. Your physical body, your, your very gufani body, your very materialistic body is now in, in, in awe and shock of where you've gone to in your mind. Anyone ever experienced that? That your body's in, in awe of where you've gone to spiritually? Maybe Yom Kippur a little bit at the end if you really like push it out. Yeah. You're like, oh gosh, this has to be over. And then all of a sudden, like dancing like nuts at the end, your body's like, what's going on? What's going on over here? Yeah. What is this? What, what, what is happening over here? Anyone ever experienced that without the usage of, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anything that your body's in awe of? Oh my God, where did I go right now? I think I did when I was in Yeshiva and the uh, rough, um, rough, uh, Ari, no, Challenge. I was having to tell you about this Bahabla, yeah. Tibor, Tansi, yeah. I was kind of in awe over the fact that I was able to have mysterious nefesh. Mind control, yeah. self-control yeah. to do it. Yeah, he's saying it felt very good. What a Tanit Tibor did it? I did it on Tanit Tibor on Mondays and Thursdays for a month and a half. He's saying here that at the, at the result of this place of really willing to go to that place of being mostly your nefesh would lead you to a place that your body is, is in awe and in shock of, where, of, of your mind and your choosing of the elevation of your thoughts. I think we saw this. Yeah? I think these guys are on a level. We're, we're trying to deal with, deal with this reality and get out of this reality. We're taking all these steps. I think these guys are on a level where they have totally disconnected. Be able to totally disconnect from the different realities, it was all just one to them. They were, like, they were trapped in the physical reality. They were, they were part of the real reality, the other reality. So it, it was, and we saw it with, with when we went to see Rob Schechter. At least I saw it. Uh -huh. Yeah. I saw it. Cause I saw a guy in that room 
that was, yeah, he was in this reality. He was here. We were there in his room and he was sitting, but he really wasn't. And so he was able to walk in and out of, of whatever, whatever reality there really is. It was like nothing to him. Probably explains how he's dealt with all his Yisurin also. Yeah. A man like that who's been through what he's been through and to look like that his age. Yeah. Tells you that there's something. He was, he was yeah. disconnected from reality because I don't even know how old he was, but it didn't even matter. He didn't even look old no. because he's he really didn't, not connected. He to didn't this look reality. old. He's, he's able to. He's, 90 he, he's, he's able to live in this reality and deal with it. Right. But he's really not part of it. Right. He's been, I think he's at this level at this, that, that they're talking about. That they're living in a state of Masirut Nefesh. Um, yeah. A, a it's state a of state real, of it. abstract reality of. of Oneness of Hashem. It's a state. He doesn't visit. No. That's where he lives. He, he might come to visit the, us or this world. Right. He comes to check so in. Oh, you're still here. If he ever comes to a point where he has to, to, to lay it on the line, it's no big deal because I'm already there. Right. Just, just right? right? That's what told me. I don't have to think about it. I don't right. have to go through this whole rigmarole and I'm going to pay this price. I'm going to do this. I'm, no, man. It's just like breathing. Right. I'm there. It's if just I'm like breathing. There, that's where I live. Yeah. And I saw that. You saw, saw it with him. That. Yeah. I still, I can still see it in my mind. Yeah. Maybe you should I've try to go to him and Elo. I've seen a lot of heavy dudes, but this guy was on a different plane altogether. I smelled that in the room. Yeah. That was the scent that I, when we bought, we went to go see this very big tzaddik that we've been learning from. We used to learn from him about six months, eight months. We learned his Torahs on Anava. We'll go back into him. His name is Rabbi Yaakov Meir Shefter. And we went to go see him as a Chabura. It, the, the scent in the room was the Truth is, you had the, you had the heaviest experience because he had just come off a, a business meeting with Swedish. For uh, on a helicopter. He just came off a helicopter traveling Israel <laughs> with these Swedes, right? Finns, Finns, and then going to a bar. Don't or call something. Swedes Finns and don't call Finns. Right. Okay. <laughs> and then he takes a break. He's like, I'm just gonna go see this. You know, I have to do something. He leaves them to go into that room and then goes back. The, when we walked into that room, I really, I really, it's the only time in my life I felt like there's no Sheker in this room at all. At all. Nothing. There's no illusions in here. None. And it's Gabai. Remember those Gabais, how Simchadik those guys were? They were, so, they were so excited that a bunch of colorful guys finally showed up to, you know, <laughs> they, were like, they were like looking at us, they're trying to figure it out. They were so busy, they loved it. They asked each of us our name and our mother's name. It was amazing. I asked to buy sperm. They practically gave them to me. Yeah, they were so excited. There was such simcha, and we went in there, and it was, and he's sitting there, and it was a scent. It was, it was. I smell. I, I never. It's not happening. I tasted. I literally tasted in the air in this room, ab- above and beyond the, the, that illusion of that this is forever, you know. This is forever, and that's why it's so important to have tzaddikim in our lives. To be not just because it's 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 a schus, but it's reminders of what's real. It's remind. Have any of you ever been to Rabbi David Abu in Nahariya, Baba Sali's grandson? No, oh wow! We need to go. He's we need to go. He's the, he, that's a full day affair, though, right? But he it's it's yeah. But that one day is you know. That's real. No, we, we've reached an age where a lot of us rebels say, I don't care about those things. I just want to be real. I want to be real. Okay, I want to be real also, but, but being with amongst those tzaddikim, kind of like, it does recharge your batteries at a certain point. 
it, it gives you enough fuel to be like, okay, this is possible. Now don't try to be like me. Go figure out how you're supposed to live like that. Yeah, that's him. That's him. It was otherworldly. It was, it was being in the room he's with like, him. He's, he's like 90 something. Right? Yeah, yeah, and he looks like he's 65. It's the weirdest thing. He's in Yishlaim, near the Mir Yeshiva. You walk up a ton of stairs to get up. Stairs that he himself carried his daughter, who's uh, a mecha, who's a handicapped. handicapped. He, he schleps her. For years, he schlepped her up and down those stairs in a wheelchair. I was around the block beforehand, and I was looking for his safer because we were learning from right. him to have enough copies. And I went to a sperm store, and I said, do you have what's in Rav Yaakov Marisha. Rav Yaakov Marisha. They looked at me like, and I said, he's, a, he's like a huge style, like he lives around the block from you. Yeah. It was misnogged and, you know, right. like... <laughs> that was cool, too, is if you didn't know where this place was... You'd never you'd find, find it. it, never. Because it's just, it's really... Probably yeah. not really there. I mean, it's, 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 it's a mountain. You gotta go up the stairs, then you have to climb another stairs. It's probably not right. there. I'm not sure the place is even really there. It's, it's, <laughs> it was so, it was so bizarre. It was and so one bizarre. Thing he had, the only thing I remember, one thing he had on his desk was a little dish of candies, right? Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Like, Nothing. I'm like, why would he have a dish of candies? <laughs> Because if you need a reminder, a physical reminder of something sweet, well, you can help with it. Right. Take it with you. I mean, it's just the whole thing. Yeah. Is, like, yeah. I think that's really the kavana here. I think that what, what the Rebbe is really pushing us to, to do is like become a chabura, become a chavra that does this work. It's not so that you can die easily one day. That's not that's not the point. It's that it's it's the point of. Almost like, so that you can experience this every day without having to die. Which is so much deeper and so much higher. Like you could, you could live this place of being willing to go there while you're still alive. And when you live like that, then you're really, you're slashing the, 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 the illusions in its core all the time. Which is what we really want. And then, and, then, and then we're not stuck so much in the place of, I recognize an illusion and I'm sick of the fact that I'm stuck to it, but I'm just unwilling to remove myself from it, which really is the dark, that, that's very hard to live like that. Detaching, detaching oneself from the goof? I mean, is that what we're... No, out, I mean, you, when you say it like that, right, then, then, like then that, the other I side mean. is parting, because no one's gonna wanna ever if no one's gonna ever. No one's gonna feel like that's for me, or I'm capable of it when I'm looking at it from the outside. But when you when you package it differently, and saying we're not working on attaching ourselves from our bodies, we're working on just developing our 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 minds. You're really doing the same work. You're just using different words. It's tapping the body into the mind. That's really what you're doing. Yeah, but I'm saying like the packaging of saying detaching ourselves from our bodies. No, no one's gonna buy that. Meaning. No one's really, really, really gonna, unless they're very, very ill and they need an operation, I mean, unless they need to, you know, they're conscious of the fact that if they don't detach themselves from their bodies, they'll die. But on a voluntary level of what I would choose to want to be part of, is instead of saying I'm detaching myself from my body, is that, wait a second, Bnei Machshava Tova, it's not Stan that he called this book this, this, this name. 
I'm con- I, I'm going to be part of a conscious community, and one of the ramif- and one of the clear natural results of working on where I am in my mind is the detachment of the illusion of the physicality. Yes. It's so much sweeter when it's put it like being, that. Being unafraid to that that would actually end. What's that? Like, what's the the fear of walking into the the furnace? Right. Is it is it the fear of experiencing the pain, or is it the fear of that something's going to end? Whatever this is, that's gonna end. Like, like I have this concept that something goes on, but that thing that's going on. I mean, it, are, are we being urged to connect with that thing that's going to go the, the eternal thing? Because this isn't, and so that's what I meant by the detachment. Oh. The detachment from the body is if this body is the the real thing. Right. This body and this what wherever we're experiencing now is just a temporary thing. Right. And we substitute that to be the, the reality, but the reality is that there is this other eternal thing that's going on, but I don't know, I, I guess there's just a, either it's a fear to really connect or live in that, or it's just exceedingly difficult. Or and both, yeah. Or both. Yeah. Um, because if we, if we actually live over there more and more, then what does it tell us about, what does that tell us about what's going about on here? here. Like, yeah, that that's very good stuff. What you're saying, that there's something to what you're saying. When you went to the tzaddik, did it look like you had a problem navigating this world? Not at all. Right. <laughs> that's it. Are you kidding me? It looked like I had a problem navigating this world. From that perspective, it's not harder to look back on this world. It's much easier. From the outside, though, no, but from the outside, it's petrifying. Of course, it is. How am I going to be able to relate to people afterwards? From that perspective, I get that I don't know how. Right. Like, yeah. There's a desire to, there's a desire definitely to live over there. Right. But like, how to do that, even even for a moment, how to do that, I'm not. Oh, you've had more than a moment. I don't buy that. Yeah, but (laughs) how do you, let's say right now, how do I generate that? I think it's all Like sometimes those moments just come. I don't think it's here and there. I think it's here. It's all together. It's all together. Yeah. It's just a matter of of being able to see it and experience it. Well, you've got to attach to it somehow, though. He's giving us the tools, though. He right. talked about uh, visualizing some, uh, an actual image. He's talking now about trying to imagine, which is kind of taking it to the next level. You're imagining the furnace, and now you're imagining yourself stepping into the furnace. Before, we were just trying to imagine, we talked about Kisah HaKabod or the Beit HaMikdash or something physical, and then you don't need to imagine that physical thing anymore. Now he's saying, okay, now imagine something physical, imagine something physical, like a furnace, where you're going to see it. Imagine stepping into it. This is some interesting theory. It's all med- meditation. Very good. Like, I, like, I can just imagine myself walking in furnace. Yeah, I was here this morning. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. But, but I, I want to remind, remind all, us all of, because we learn very slowly the Sefer. If we learned each ot on its own shear, we, we remember things a bit easier. And maybe there's something to that, but I, I've been enjoying learning this book very slowly. But one of the things he said at the beginning of this, of this piece is that there's a prerequisite, and that is the willingness to take full responsibility on my, on my own from where I'm, for where I'm at right now. I'm not putting any excuses on anybody. 
as to why I am stuck in whatever illusion I'm stuck in. That's what I always think about in Shema, by the way. Like when these guys were saying, right? I don't even go to anywhere that you guys said. I always just think of that when I say Echad, that it's, that's all. There's just one and it's, and it's all mine. But basically, whatever it is, like I can either own it right. or I can say there's some other one. Blame. But when I always get to Echad, I'm always, okay, like if I want to be all in, I got to own it all. Like it's, I can rely on this person, that person, that thing, whatever, but at the end of the day, right. it's all just one, it's mine. So, so you're, you're, you're much further than I think you think, because that's, that's, he says it's a must for, you want to tap into everything I'm saying over here, furnaces and stuff like that. So it, you, can, you can't taste sweetness of jumping into a furnace unless you're in that zone of totally owning where you're at, even when you have all the legitimate reasons to, for, for blaming. Which is the, such a hard thing in this world. That's, that's totally that's what the victim consciousness Cliff was speaking about. It's exactly what it is. It's exactly, exactly what it is. All right, guys. Enjoy. Your, have a really fun day today. <laughs>